2023 grinds to a close after 18 months of rising interest rates, there's some optimism on the Australian share market in the lead-up to Christmas. Hopes are rising that interest rates have probably peaked and maybe there'll be some rate cuts in the new year, although maybe not straight away. The ABC's senior business correspondent Peter Ryan is about to wrap up for 2023 and he joins us live now. Peter Ryan, welcome. How confident can we be that 2024 might be a bit of a smoother ride? Well, Sarah, a lot of uh, factors that might make that a bit of a bumpy prediction, especially when you look at the turbulence around the world, the Israel-Gaza war, uh, Iran-backed Houthi rebels attacking ships in the Red Sea and strangling critical trade through the Suez Canal, Russia's war with Ukraine. All of these are geopolitical events out of Australia's control. But for now, anyway, inflation built up during the pandemic from supply chain blockages and the trillions of dollars of stimulus pumped into economies appears to be slowing from very high levels. Overnight, we had news from the United Kingdom that uh, inflation in Britain fell back to its lowest level in two years, more than expected. And uh, some economists in the United Kingdom see interest rate cuts next year. And uh, we've had positive signals actually this time last week from the US Federal Reserve that US rates have probably peaked. And also uncharacteristically optimistic comments from the Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell, who was even talking about potential rate cuts in the United States in the second half of next year. Mm. Yeah, those figures from the UK were extraordinary, weren't they? The headline rate was in the threes, I believe, for inflation. Yeah, and uh, that's quite a significant fall because inflation really had been you know, hurtling higher uh, in the UK. So many things going on. That with uh, all that stimulus, as I mentioned, pumped into the UK economy to keep people working, keep people in jobs, and that's all fueled inflation. But it is um, you know, starting to slow, not back to the level that they want inflation in the UK, same in the United States, but it's heading in the right direction. Just this morning, Sarah, economists at the Commonwealth Bank here in Australia, they're now forecasting that the Reserve Bank of Australia will lower the cash rate by three quarters of a percentage point in the second half of next year, starting in September, and then a further uh, three quarters of a percentage point cut in the second half of 2025. This is as inflation comes back towards the Reserve Bank's target band of 2 to 3%, much faster than, than predicted. So this is really uh, bumping a lot of optimism in the Australian share market. We saw Australian shares uh, rise to a 10-month closing high yesterday, tracking that optimism from Wall Street about rate cuts and those dovish policy comments from the US Federal Reserve. Australia's big four banks ended stronger yesterday. Oil and gas stocks are up on, I suppose, where uh, bad news becomes good news because of fears about supply constraints in oil pushing up those prices so oil and gas companies benefit and gold stocks are also higher um, because gold is now hovering well above uh, 2000 US dollars an ounce. So all of this is good uh, for superannuation funds. You don't have to be a direct share market investor to be benefiting from this. Superannuation balances are really you know, building up from those higher share market returns. But really, this is all down to inflation maintaining that trend of uh, tracking lower. So um, the, the likelihood of more rate rises really does depend now on how inflation looks in that critical inflation reading out at the end of January. Mm.
I guess we'll we'll have to reconvene after Christmas. Peter, when you look back on this year, what were the biggest stories you covered? Where do you start, really? We had the uh, spectacular unravelling of the consulting firm PwC, which had its reputation smashed over revelations that used confidential treasury information to develop a workaround so clients could avoid tax. Then there was the nationwide uh, outage at Optus a few months ago and how that was mishandled by the telco, which saw the resignation of Chief Executive Kelly Bayer-Rosmarin. But for me, Sarah, it's Qantas. The early retirement of veteran CEO Alan Joyce, Chairman Richard Goiter departing sometime next year, board directors retiring next year, all about losing trust with regular uh, customers, delayed flights, lost baggage during the height of the pandemic. 1,700 workers who were sacked at the height of the pandemic ruled unlawful by the High Court. Then the competition regulator, the ACCC, alleging Qantas sold fares for flights that didn't exist. So a smashed reputation, a shareholder backlash, regulators circling, matters in the courts. It's going to be a tough 2024 for Vanessa Hudson, who's replaced Alan Joyce as chief executive, and we'll be hearing from Vanessa Hudson when Qantas releases its first half results in February. So that's going to be a major event to see what Vanessa Hudson's going to be doing to rebuild that reputation at Qantas. Fascinating. That's quite a list, Peter Ryan. Well, what did Queen Elizabeth II call it? The Annus Horribilis. It was an Annus Horribilis for Qantas this year. Yeah, look, I, I think that's probably fair to say for Qantas. And when you look at Qantas, under Alan Joyce, got them through the global financial crisis, got the airline through the pandemic, got the, the airline back to profitability. And when it comes down to it, you can take decades to build up a reputation, but it only takes a very short period of time to damage it, and it's going to take a lot longer to build it back. Mm. Sage words, Peter Ryan. Thank you. Thanks, Sarah. Peter Ryan is, of course, our senior business correspondent.